Friday, April 16th, 2021. Glad to have you along for today's edition of The World and Everything in It. Good morning. I'm Myrna Brown. And I'm Nick Eicher. Well, here is one of these slow motion trend stories. We've all seen it coming. We all expected it. And yet, when it arrives, we're still a little shocked and saddened in a way. It's the Gallup Houses of Worship Survey of the United States. 80 years of surveys about the religious life of Americans. And the shocked, not shocked finding is that for the first time in the history of the survey, religious Americans are now in the minority. American membership in a house of worship sits at 47%, which is to say that less than half of all Americans said they belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque. The survey released several weeks ago, but we have not reported it here still. Again, it's been a long time coming, but its effects aren't going away anytime soon. Well, it's Culture Friday, and joining us now is Trevin Wax. He's general editor for the Gospel Project at Lifeway Christian Resources. He's also a visiting professor at Wheaton College. Trevin, good morning. Good morning. Well, so we can slice and dice these data points any way you like, Trevin. There's a, a generational component. Two-thirds of elderly Americans belong to a church, according to the survey. But as you get younger down in the demographic, the drop-offs become very noteworthy. Uh, baby boomers down to 58%, Gen X, 50%, millennials and Gen Z, 36%. Uh, There's also a decay of the culture component. Our elite institutions have been secularizing for a long time, and it just seems logical that this would be the result. But just because this news doesn't seem all that newsy doesn't mean it's not significant. Why does this story have your attention, Trevin? Well, I I think what initially struck me about this survey was... uh, Something you might you might call it the snowball effect, in that um, if you look at the data, it really is in the last twenty years that this decline has become much faster and more precipitous when it comes to who is identifying as a church member, who says that they are a member of a of a mosque, a synagogue, or a or a church. Um, and so, for me, all of the generational components were about what you'd expect. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen a secularizing trend, but I think the the quickness of the drop-off in the last 20 years, going from where we were 20 years ago to where we are now, being a minority of Americans saying that they are a member of a religious organization, that in itself is a pretty stunning uh, uh, collapse, so to speak. Now, that doesn't mean that a lot of people still aren't going to church, um, in fact, church attendance is measured differently than church membership, but it certainly gives us a, a view that commitment to a religious organization, commitment to religious institutions, uh, commitment to a religious faith is on the wane rather quickly in our society. I wanted to ask you about the COVID disruption, Trevin. I look at economic numbers all the time, and and one thing we've seen is that the economic recovery was what they call a V-shaped recovery. That is to say, a, a violent plunge down, the upper left of the V dropping diagonally down, then the bounce back that's just as abrupt. Uh, might we see something of the same thing with religious attendance when let's say the mask mandates come to an end. Is that part of it at all? 
um, I don't think that that has much to do with Gallup's survey of religious membership, because there are a lot of people that have not been attending church regularly in the last year who would still say that they are a member of a congregation of some sort. Um, Gallup was 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 looking at membership rates. Um, attendance rates, like I said, is a different survey. So, of course, attendance rates are going to be way, way down this last year because of COVID. And I do think you're likely to see something of a V-shape that once um, the mask mandates are over and once we are really on the other side of the pandemic, I do think that you'll see a, a recovery when it comes to church attendance. Um, but I do think a lot of congregations are going to feel unstable for a while. So just because there might be a bounce back of church attendance doesn't mean that they will be a going back to your church. I know of lots of cases across the country, pastors I've spoken with, who have lost members uh, during this COVID season, um, not because uh, uh, people have drifted away from the faith entirely, but because they've, they've, you know, they visited other churches online and they didn't, I guess they didn't feel super connected to the congregation that they'd been a part of. And so they had been on the periphery already and sort of migrated to another service where they might like to worship better. They might like the sermon more. I think there's going to be a, a sense of destabilization in uh, churches for the next year or so, even if attendance does begin to creep back up. I wonder if there's a, a positive way to look at this, Trevin, maybe in this sense. Couldn't it be said that in a hostile culture, church membership has some cost attached to it, not just benefits? So naturally, it's a little weird. It's a little countercultural even to go to church, let alone believe what's taught there. And maybe the health of a smaller church community is, uh, is better, more healthy. Let me quote the Baylor historian Thomas Kidd. He writes at the Gospel Coalition, quoting here, if nominal utilitarian civil religious Christianity is mostly what's fading away with the cratering of American church membership, then I say good riddance. <laughs> Do you say the same thing, Trevin? So I, I appreciate Thomas Kidd for a lot of things, and there is a sense in which I know what he's saying, and I agree with that, in the sense of if if we're talking about a nominal Christianity that is devoid of the gospel's power to change lives, that because it's just sort of a ritualistic uh, cultural thing, then yes, we should want the true biblical gospel to to be blazing to uh, to we we should want that kind of nominal cultural Christianity that doesn't really have intrinsic power to it to fall away. So in that sense, yes, I agree with what he's saying there with that sentiment. Um, there is another side to that statement, though, and it's that um, the the plausibility structures of our society, or what is it that. Uh, there are enough people in society do a certain thing that makes it seem like a reasonable thing to do or a, a, a plausible way of life. When those are affected, um, be, when, when you see stats like this, those plausibility structures are affected. So when you only have a minority now of Americans who claim membership at a church, it doesn't mean necessarily that they're no longer spiritual in some sense or that they even uh, no longer have a religious uh, practice of some sort, but they have no institutional ties. What that does is it makes those who do have institutional ties feel much more out of the mainstream than they might have before. So what happens is culturally, there's a massive shift here where the, the, the challenge and the task becomes all the more difficult for Christians who are seeking to fulfill the Great Commission uh, you know, make disciples, baptize people, teach them everything that Jesus taught us to to do, and and to belong to His family. That belonging part, uh, where there is obligation, 
when it comes to religion is something that seems more and more foreign to people when you see numbers like this. So that is not a good thing. That is something that makes the, the Christian task harder in our day rather than easier. And I think that that is, is something that we have to reckon with, even while we can appreciate the sentiment that, yes, we want uh, true Christianity blazing on fire for God Christianity to be the norm rather than a sort of shell of cultural Christianity that has often been the case. Well, Trevin, Nick mentioned earlier the generational component, and I want to drill down just a bit more on that. The numbers show a significant decline in millennials and Gen Z. And let me review that real quick. Only 36% belong to a church. That's a 20 plus percentage point drop from the baby boomers who traditionally, you know, have been more theologically orthodox. So out of a desire to be relevant to these young people, do you think pastors are feeling the pressure to create a reward, you know, some type of reward system to pander to the younger generations, what do you think? Well, I think there's all sorts of cross pressures that are happening for for pastors um, in this cultural moment, and one of them certainly is generational. I don't, I, I hardly ever um, speak to a pastor when we talk about challenges facing the church that they don't bring up younger generations and how to engage them and to involve them. Um, one of the challenges that you have with a lot of younger people, and I think other surveys would bear this out, is that a lot of younger people simply don't have many affiliations or associations at all. So it's not just that they're not members of a church, but they're really not, there's a lot of younger people that aren't members of anything. You see the decline of civic institutions. I mean, it'd be hard, you'd be hard pressed to find, you know, um, a lot of um, rotary clubs and Kiwanis uh, and, you know, those kinds of civic organizations that are just teeming with young people. Mm-hmm. The the idea of um, uh, obligation and reward in for many of, of these um, uh, associations are it's just it's just much less for younger people. Um, what what we are finding in statistics and surveys, not from Gallup, but from other organizations about churches that are effective in reaching and engaging young people what you find is they don't water down the biblical message. They take Jesus's message seriously. Um, you find that they are involving young people in leadership earlier rather than just sort of catering to young people. They are are reaching out to young people to have them lead, to uh, to have them serve in the congregation, to where they it's clear that they they own this, that this is not just church for them, but that they are for the church as well. Um, and so, the, you know, there's a, uh, Kara Powell's book, Growing Young, talks a, a lot about um, different aspects of churches that are, are are effective at reaching younger people. And some of the the things that we find are not what you'd think. It's not the size of the church, the the flashy uh, worship service necessarily. It's it, all sorts of different things than you might expect are effective in engaging young people and keeping them involved in the church. Trevin Wax, he is general editor for the Gospel Project at Lifeway Christian Resources. He's also a visiting professor at Wheaton College. Thanks, Trevin. Great to be with you. Thank you both. 